Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this man back. He is, of course, a world-renowned cardiologist, epidemiologist. It's Dr. Peter McCullough. Doc, how are you? Good to see you. Good. Great to see you, Joe. Lots of things happening. Yeah, you know, I see you all over social media. I see these great videos that you're doing. You're doing a radio show, a podcast, a substack. Go to PeterMcCulloughMD.com and find out everything this man's doing. He's been sullied by the left and by those who want to control the, the narrative, but he's been telling us the truth for years now. We've had you on here. You've been doing that. Uh, Pete, uh, doctor, I want to start here. What exactly is the purpose of mRNA if it's so bad for humans? Yeah, the, the United States has had a love affair with messenger RNA since 1985 in a paper by Lelani and colleagues, British Medical Journal. They outline America spent tens upon tens of billions of dollars on this technology. The hope would, that, would be that proteins could be designed on a computer to genetic code fed to human cells, and then that protein could effectuate something, something beneficial, like re- replacing a deficient protein okay. or potentially silencing cancers. What it was never envisioned for was to be a long-lasting source of a foreign protein, in this case, the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. So this idea of using it as a vaccine has been, I think, a bad uh, line of thinking. Clearly, messenger RNA has not delivered therapeutically at this point in time, despite the decades of research. We're still seeing young, healthy people dropping dead and having heart attacks at 20, 30, 40 years old. The last time we spoke, it was the Buffalo Bills player that just collapsed on, on the air. And you said, look, that, that is a vaccine-related uh, injury. And when he was questioned, uh, finally sat down with somebody, were you told what happened to you? And he said, I can't really talk about that. that that's a telltale sign, is it not, that this what? was, in fact, caused by something outside of the football realm? Well, you know, now a stunning development in the last two weeks, he's come out with the Buffalo Bills doctor and said, well, now I know what happened. He said it was commodio cortis, that it was they took a blow with the helmet to the chest. Joe, the players have uh, protectors over the breastbone. It's never happened in pro football. We've never had an athlete have a primary cardiac arrest on the field and then be cleared to return to sports with no ICD. That's never happened uh, in the past. So we're in uncharted waters with DeMar Hamlin. I think he had subclinical vaccine-induced myocarditis. It precipitated the cardiac arrest. And now this move of letting him return to the field, no defibrillator, I think it's risky. Uh, You and I talked about this comiocortis thing. That was being floated around almost the next day. And you said just by watching it and watching the replay, it didn't appear to be a direct hit on the heart like they were saying. In fact, he jumped right back up with 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 that. uh, the, The diagnosis that they want us to believe now, he would not have gotten up, would he? Right, no, it's a primary ventricular fibrillation arrest. So commodio cortis is when a baseball or a hockey puck lacrosse ball hits an unprotected breastbone, typically about 100 miles an hour. It's not a, a football helmet hitting the shoulder pads. It doesn't, they have tackles like that every play, Joe. It was not commodio cortis. That was ruled out by the mechanism of injury. Peter McCullough, MD.com is the website. Uh, make sure you go and check out his radio show. He's got a book out called The Courage to Face COVID-19. Go and get that as well. Uh, Courage to Face COVID.com is the website. At, at last we spoke, Doc, you said that it was an adrenaline-induced, uh, along with the vaccine and the spike protein, that, that's causing this, this, um, this cardiac issue that's going on. So that's why we're seeing it more in soccer players and tennis players and football players and the like, that they're just dropping dead at 20, 21, 25 years old. Um, can you explain that a little bit further? We all get a spike of adrenaline when something exciting or something, we need extra energy, we need to, there's something going on that spikes that, that adrenal gland. How does that mix with uh, mRNA? Why is that an issue? 
Well, because, you know, normally we have a surge of adrenaline during sports and during, you know, physical exertion. We also have a, a spike around 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. internally to wake us up. Those are the two normal patterns. Well, when we have a heart that's inflamed with the Wuhan spike protein installed by the messenger RNA, when the heart is inflamed, that surge of adrenaline actually causes an abnormal heart rhythm called ventricular tachycardia, degenerates of ventricular fibrillation and causes a cardiac arrest. So the adrenaline appears to be key to this. Do you know before COVID, when someone had rare myocarditis due to parvovirus or other causes, we could never let them play sports. It's in our guidelines. If there's myocarditis, we can't let them play sports. And I think recklessly, the sports teams injected the players, but they never checked them for myocarditis. They just let them play. And now, you know, John Stockton, former Utah Jazz star, yeah. has chronicled hundreds upon hundreds of American athletes that have died. It would be uh, your opinion, in fact, I, I would believe, that they should check every athlete professional on down to the, to the minor leagues, uh, even beyond that, into high school and even elementary school. If they've been injected, they should be checked for myocarditis? It's true. You know, they did that in 2020 with COVID. The Big Ten did that. They screened every athlete who got COVID. That paper was published by Daniels and colleagues in JAMA. They didn't find much. Turns out regular COVID can cause mild myocarditis, no hospitalizations and deaths. They should have used the NCA Big Ten screening protocol and continued it through the vaccine era where the vaccine causes very serious, in fact, fatal myocarditis. Go to Peter uh, McCulloughMD.com, Peter McCulloughMD.com. It's Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, a world-renowned expert, cardiologist, epidemiologist. Fauci has um, very famously now said, your chances of getting myocarditis are worse from COVID-19 than from the shots. Is he telling the truth? No, he's not. There's been a very clear study by Two Valley and colleagues from Israel showing that during the COVID-only era, the rates of myocarditis were very rare, no different than background rates from parvovirus or giant cell. Uh, we know with COVID-19 now, it's been an explosion of myocarditis with the vaccine. The vaccine causes far more myocarditis. And by the way, most people who are getting COVID now, Joe, they've already had the vaccine. Right. So they've had double exposure. It's not trading one off for the other. It's the fact that the vaccines need to be removed from the market. Otherwise, there'll be more heart damage. Doc, are the vaccines causing what would be called autoimmune issues where your body is constantly attacking COVID-19 even if you don't have it? It's true. There's a paper from Florida Atlantic International clearly showing that the vaccines are causing autoimmunity. Uh, in fact, papers, there's one on my substack showing that the ANA test, the antinuclear antibody test, can turn positive with COVID and cause autoimmune conditions that are similar to systemic lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, in various forms of other autoimmune syndromes. Because the, the vaccine installs the foreign uh, uh, genetic code, the spike protein is on the surface of cells, and cells recognize that as abnormal and attack each other. So it, we cannot use genetics to install abnormal proteins in the body. It's a disaster. And by the way, that's what Moderna plans to do with the flu vax, the uh, rotavirus, and other vaccines. You know, they want to install all these foreign antigen 
in the body in order to induce immunity, I predict it's going to be a disaster. Well, I would imagine that it would be because we're also finding out, and I believe that you told me this, Malone told me this, Dr. Jesse Lopez told me this, that um, it, 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 the, the COVID shot, the spike proteins don't go to one locale. The, the lie from Pfizer Moderna, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, was that it just went to one specific area, helped you, your, your respiratory system. That's not true. They're finding it in ovaries. They're finding it in brains. They're finding it in breasts, aren't they? The autopsy studies are stunning. Evidence of the, the vaccine uh, deep into the brain, the heart, adrenal glands, all the vital organs. It's not like a tetanus shot that stays in the arm. We should never have put vaccines on lipid nanoparticles. It's a disaster. So, so that is true. That it, what they told us was a lie. Now, here's the thing, though, Duck. We're hearing from Walensky over at the CDC, from Fauci, from people at the FDA. The science has changed. We didn't know all of this. Uh, it turns out when we said you couldn't get it or spread it, that was incorrect. Well, Doc, we should have known that from the beginning, right? Pfizer never even checked. It never tested anybody to see if it stopped the spread or, or it stopped the transmission or, or are you getting it. So were they lying or did the science actually change, do you think? No, I think they were deceiving the public. You know, even in the Pfizer 90-day post-marketing data study in December 10th, it was clear evidence that fully vaccinated people were acquiring the illness uh, and given the rates of spread that we saw. Uh, you know, the CDC was about six months late on announcing that the vaccines failed and they didn't stop the spread. But from the very beginning, the vaccines did not stop spread and they didn't protect Americans. Dr. Peter McCullough, go to his website, PeterMcCulloughMD.com, PeterMcCulloughMD.com. Also his Substack, the same name, Peter PeterMcCulloughMD.substack.com. Go and read all the papers that he puts up there. Um, when, when we're watching this, it's not revolving science. This, we, we've known all this stuff. As you said, uh, I think they deceived us, whether on purpose or because they were, they were incompetent, who knows. But at the end of the day, you actually wrote a piece recently that talked about us doing these sorts of studies and this sort of development biological threat development for two decades. I had no idea. Fill me in on this. This is stunning. A paper on my Substack just released in the last hour, 2003, said that, listen, we're getting deep into biological threat research. We're not studying nuclear missiles or warheads now. Now we're studying infectious disease threats, and we need to have clear, clear safeguards. Uh, now what we learned is in Sudan right now with a conflict that some uh, military leaders have taken over a biological weapons lab oh, wow. in Sudan, uh, of which there's samples of smallpox and other forms of, uh, of clear threats to humanity. This is a disaster, Joe. I'm calling for a complete moratorium and abolition of these biological threat laboratories all over the world. It's nothing but trouble. We saw what happened in Wuhan. We could have another disaster on our hands in Sudan. He's got a radio show. He's got a Substack. Go to PeterMcCulloughMD.com and check out everything Dr. Peter McCullough does. Uh, when I talked to Malone at last, uh, he told me, he right on my show, he said uh, that he actually got both Moderna shots. And he said that he felt the difference in his blood pressure, his heart activity. And I asked him, Doc, is there a way to undo after you've gotten the vaccine? So I'll ask you the same thing. He said he doesn't think so, but he's working on something on his own body to see if he can stop the effects of the shot. Doc, do you think you can undo the shot? I know people who have gotten it now are thinking, man, I wish that, that I didn't. Can I undo it? There's nothing we can find that actually can dissolve the RNA, but it looks like there is an enzyme that can degrade the spike protein relatively effectively. It's called uh, natokinase, and this is a derivative of the fermentation of soy. Uh, it's a safe supplement. It's been used in the Japanese for cardiovascular disease for two decades. I can't make any therapeutic claims because human studies haven't been completed in 
the uh, spike protein syndromes, but boy, does it seem to work anecdotally. And so natokinase, 2,000 units twice a day, that is the lead approach right now to detoxing the body from SARS-CoV-2, from the viral infection, as well as the vaccine. I think millions of people would line up to get that, don't you? They are right now, I can tell you. There's a big run on it worldwide. Uh, the main caveats are if someone has soy allergies, they could have trouble, and then it's, it's in the form of a mild blood thinner. So we have to keep watches on bleeding. Again, I can't make any therapeutic claims, but it right. looks so promising. Joe, paper by Tanakawa and colleagues, showed near complete dissolution of the spike protein in preclinical models. That would be great news. Peter McCullough, MD.com, Peter McCullough, MD.com. Keep us updated as you find more information on that. If you don't mind, I've got to ask you about uh, monovalent and bivalent. They took away the EUA for monovalent. I guess that's for one strain. Bivalent still has the EUA. There's still no FDA-approved medicine for COVID-19 other than ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, which would have to be used off-label, which I've used, and I've got through COVID no problem. I am not injected. Um, is there something that we should glean from taking away the EUA from the monovalent? I think you made a smart decision not taking the vaccine. I didn't take it either. Yeah. But now the original Pfizer Moderna had been pulled off the market. Uh, they were based on the ancestral uh, spike protein, which is long, uh, you know, long basically uh, obsolete. Uh, but J- Janssen is still on the market as well. Sinovavax, they are based on the ancestral protein. Now for Pfizer Moderna, we just have the bivalence which is a lower dose of the original formula mixed with the BA4, BA5 uh, new, uh, uh, basically, code introduced. But sadly, the virus has already mutated onto XBB. So there's no theoretical hope of these bivalent vaccines. The schedule is to take one shot uh, and then as a booster, if someone is a de novo patient, to take two. They were never tested as a de novo strategy, as a primary series. In fact, they failed in animal studies to protect the animals. There was a false rise uh, in the antibodies. You know, the antibodies aren't trustable in terms of protection. So the bivalent Pfizer Moderna are in deep trouble right now. They have no evidence base to advance the bivalent agenda on America. Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, two last quick questions. I know you've got patients today. Thanks for making time. Uh, uh, number one, is it still your, because I think last time I had John, you said this, is it still your, your belief that nobody should go and get this shot? At this point in time, no. I, you know, I, I agree with uh, many countries now that are putting this out there. Uh, the shot has no theoretical benefit from any patient, and we're seeing record injuries, disabilities, and deaths. We can't have any more. It must be stopped. Last question, you wrote a paper about elevated autism and other neurodevelopmental um, issues. We know that there's been an incredible increase in the past two generations. It used to be that you would almost never hear about autism. Now it's like every third person, it seems, although that number isn't scientific. But it seems to be an incredible upspike in these sort of issues. When you say it's about vaccinations and it's about therapy, the, the left freaks out, the big farmer freaks out, they're going to sue you, you can't say that, and there are allegedly studies that say there's no connection whatsoever between vaccines and autism. Is there? We don't know if there's a connection, but I can tell you, when you and I were kids, Joe, it was one in 10,000. Our CDC says now one in 36. So there's wow. an epidemic of autism. So it has to be some type of environmental exposure, either in uh, diet, uh, you know, something in, uh, in, in, in the water supply, yeah. or uh, the dramatic change. When I was a kid, there were three shots. Uh, now kids take 72 shots, it, it, you know, whether it's related to hypervaccination. You know, the critical link that we're seeing, Joe, this is stunning. It's on my Substack paper by Warrior and colleagues. Do you know this epidemic of autism? It is driving this epidemic of 
uh, gender dysphoria and gender change surgeries. Wow. Most of the young people coming forward for gender change have autism and they are being manipulated by counselors and others pushing the transgender agenda. I have never heard anything like that. There is a definite, a definitive study, study found connection between the two? Multiple. In fact, the Dutch were reporting about 10 years ago, at that time, 20% of all gender change candidates had clinical autism. That didn't even consider the entire spectrum. Now a paper out by Warrior and colleagues, over 600,000 subjects. It's clear transgender individuals have a basis as a neuropsychiatric problem as being autism. Stunning news. Doc, I appreciate uh, your fervence to be out there in front of this. I know you put your reputation on the line every single day just to keep us safe, to protect us, and keep the information coming. PeterMcCulloughMD.com. Go to his substack, sub PeterMcCulloughMD.substack.com, and get his book. Make sure you go and do that as well. It's Courage to uh, Face COVID.com. Doc, thanks so much for making time. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right, we're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. I will never stop bringing you the best information we can. We've got experts on about COVID, the shots, medical issues all the time. That last bit of information from Dr. McCullough is something I'd never heard of. Uh, And he says there are multiple studies that show many people who are dealing with gender dysphoria also happen to be autistic. That was a real mind blower, to be honest with you. We'll put that interview up later on on Rumble. Make sure that you're subscribed over on Rumble. It's free. You'll get a notification when I put up my interviews. Um, So, yeah, we appreciate the doctor coming on. Let's do some pop culture. Hi, Paul. What's happening, brother? So, I don't know if you saw that earlier this morning, actor and singer Harry Belafonte passed away. I heard that in the radio, yes. Yeah, apparently he um, says that he passed away um, this morning in his Manhattan home of uh, congestive heart failure. I mean, he he was like, what, 94? I believe so. Something like that. Crazy. I mean, the guy had a career that was like 78 years long. 96. 96. Wow. Sad news to hear that. He was certainly a political figure that I didn't agree with, but I liked his music a lot, and I was definitely saddened to hear that. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. That is uh, Polo. That's Sam. That's Carrie. I'm Joe. We're back tomorrow. Another big show for you. And again, if you missed any of these interviews, make sure you go to JoePags.com. Click on the word watch by itself. It might be a drop-down menu. You can watch them again on Rumble. Have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. This is the Joe Pags Show. Yeah.